On this episode of the ExcelCast, we're speaking with Donna Henderson and Andrea Pavlichkova. We cover their experience in participating in Interreg Europe projects, ideas on how to improve the program, and the region's interest in open innovation and the Axel project. Here's today's episode. Thank you both, uh, Andrea and Donna, so much for joining us. And just to kind of contextualize, you know, we started off with an episode on the Interreg Europe program, just to get a better understanding of what it's all about, um, specifically also, you know, compared to some of the more, let's say, conventional uh, research and development types of projects. So um, in this episode, we want to talk to our Excel partners to see, you know, what might move them, what might interest them. Uh, to engage in this type of project, you know, where the focus lies a little bit more on the experience exchange and mutual learning rather than, let's say, you know, the research and implementation um, aspects. So, but before we get into the more nitty gritty of that, um, be great if you guys could briefly introduce yourselves. Yeah, so uh, I'm Donna Henderson. I'm Head of International Engagement with the Scottish Government's Digital Health and Care Directorate. Hello, my name is Andrea Pavlikova and I'm International Engagement Manager with Digital Health and Care Directorate with Scottish Government as well. I think so. Maybe, yeah, one of the um, questions that would be interesting is if uh, you've already participated in Interreg Europe projects or if this is the first time. Yes, we have actually. Uh, the international engagement team has participated in a number of European interregional projects, uh, particularly over the last 10 years, in various roles as project partners and indeed as project coordinators. Uh, I mean, the primary focus, I think, of these projects has been on the transformation of health and social care systems uh, enabled by digital solutions in the main. So the, the, the key focus and, uh, I suppose, ambition that we have is that these projects will help us to improve the quality of life for Scotland's citizens and to improve the efficiency and sustainability of our health and care system. I can tell you a little bit more about um, some of the projects that, that we've uh, participated in, if you would like to know some more. Yeah, sure. Would be great. Okay, so a little summary, I suppose, is that, um, you know, in the main, there have been a variety of projects, including large scale deployment projects uh, that have given us the opportunity to design and pilot particular types of digital health and care services. So very much that uh, reshaping, redesigning, um, co-designing health and care services using digital solutions to improve those services. Uh, We've also uh, been involved in in research-focused projects, um, so less of the deployment and much more of the new, pushing new boundaries, I suppose, in in health and care through new technologies that are are coming on stream and testing and researching and evaluating those. Uh, And then finally, we've been involved in projects uh, similar uh, interreg projects in the main, like um, Axel, that, that have focused on that exchange of knowledge and good practices between countries and other countries and regions. Uh, and that uh, they, they are and have been and remain, I think, the projects that we derive great value from, uh, because not only does it help um, 
benchmark, I suppose, what we're doing and what our priorities are, but it also means that we can really learn from others in terms of their successes uh, and indeed failures, because <laughs> uh, that's often just as valuable. Um, and I think a final point to say would be that 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 securing inward investment and fostering ongoing collaboration, particularly in the field of digital health, um, via interregional research and innovation projects is, is very much a high priority of the Scottish Government and, and our team are working very hard to try and ensure our continuing participation in these projects uh, following the UK's departure uh, from the EU. Um, so the UK may be departing but Scotland is certainly going to be sticking around uh, in terms of our willingness and wish to continue to collaborate. Good to hear. We keep our fingers crossed. Uh, Thank <laughs> you, Daniel. Works out uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, as we all wish, hopefully. And uh, talking about maybe failures and learnings and and your experiences, uh, and we are very uh, grateful that you are sharing those with us. Um, there, there are things or yeah uh, uh, challenges we all face doing inter interregional or international project work. So and and a lot of that learnings works really well, but uh, maybe some of the formats within the Interreg program do have some room for improvement. So we are also looking for some ideas how to improve the program maybe, or what what are you missing? And, and we all think of, you know, how could we improve those those uh, international collaboration uh, in, 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 in projects. Do you have any ideas or experience what really works well and, and we often do not have the, the in right instruments or uh, the budget or the time uh, of, of doing certain things? Maybe there are uh, ideas both of you have, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I can kick off. I think that for us, um, usually the participation in this project is a positive experience. So as Donna mentioned, really this opportunity to learn from each other, exchange of good practices has always been very strongly encouraged in Scotland. So we are trying very hard to keep and maintain all this learning and really inform the local transformation of health and social care system. We also see uh, this project as an opportunity to build new strong uh, and uh, strong partnerships, strategic partnerships, long-term partnerships, which give us the opportunities for future collaboration, um, uh, which goes beyond this project. So uh, when it comes to the challenging, I think uh, very often the, the challenge with this project is maybe this, this duration that sometimes it's very difficult to uh, implement our ambitions within uh, within the given time frame. But uh, again, um, I, well, we also see that basically these projects give us the opportunity to test and learn. And then really beyond the duration of the project, we have the opportunity to embed this learning in the you know real life setting as part of the as part of the service we design. So in um, in general, uh, I, I think that um, well in Scotland we definitely have positive experience when it comes to the participation and learning from this project. I think to add to that, the, as Andrea says, one of the challenges is the time frame. And, uh, you know, a, a key, um, I suppose, uh, objective of, of uh, particularly interreg Europe projects are around influencing policy. And that can be very challenging, <laughs> as we all know. <laughs> um, you need to reach the policymakers and also the timing of, of influencing those policies needs to be right. Um, And, it's, and and that 
definitely takes time to engage policymakers to um, try and um, you know have activities that will shape uh, those policies and change them, and then indeed being able to measure the impact of those changes, um, and and some of that. I have to say is down to luck if if it's the right time and those policies are ready for you know being influenced then then it's great but but beyond that um there is a significant amount of effort that needs to go in from the very beginning of these projects I think and I do feel that that some of us um you know struggle with that on occasion some some partners will struggle to reach the right people right I mean and I think maybe just to get to that point, you know, taking time and, and, and in a way also building trust, you know, I think you guys seem to have really been very active in that sense over the years already. And that's how we got to know each other really yeah, through these different networks at the European level and, and having been able to work and get to know each other in different contexts and, and and it seems as though you guys have really also been able to to build up some very important um, relationships and, and structures that will help you now also through, you know, this Brexit situation to, to have that, you know, foot in a way, let's say, on continental Europe as well, just to, to be able to continue those those relationships. And, and, and it seems as though, you know, talking about, you know, this COVID situation and, and the pandemic and, and being able to have to resort or fall back on maybe already existing structures in a very chaotic <laughs> situation um, is, is something that's really um, so necessary. Uh, and, and that's something you guys have been really, you know, quite active in. Um, and what you've already also been very active in is the, you know, the, the topic of integrated care. You've done a lot uh, as far as that is concerned and, and also... Uh, working on a really wonderful model, you know, the Scirocco tool of self-assessment of, you know, uh, of getting to know the maturity in your local environment. And I think this is really can help, you know, across Europe um, to, to get a better feel for the situation and, and, and being able to uh, assess the current situation and, and um, act upon that. So um, this is something that we've been able to um, adapt to the, the our topic of open innovation um, that we want to work with, open innovation, user-centered design, and how is, is that something uh, for your um, region that's of importance? I mean, is that why the reason also that why you're participating, you know, how does this topic kind of uh, placed within your regional or you'd say your you know your your, your government's um, priority or vision it's kind of a long long exception <laughs> <laughs> to come around to uh, you know why you're participating let's say maybe in the excel project <laughs> yeah well maybe, maybe andrea will maybe pick up on on why we're participating um in a moment, but I, I would probably quite like to pick up on just um, the the earlier part um, of, of your uh, question, which was was related to our kind of us being very active um, and in in different networks and and yeah that that's probably been the case for definitely the last sort of ten to twelve years um, because again I think um, particularly with part um, networks like the European Innovation Partnership on Active and Healthy Aging which is the the main network that I would say is worthy of note. 
um, is that you know that was our really a vehicle for us to be able to uh, meet with other regions um, and to find out which regions we had most in common with in terms of our uh, um, our strategic ambitions for health and care. Um, particularly, you mentioned integrated care. We have been on a journey of trying to integrate um, health and social care in Scotland for a very, very long time. Uh, and we now obviously have legislation in place that formally integrated adult health and social care for the last uh, few years. So this has been a long term journey for us, which is why we were very interested to work with other regions who also had the same strategic ambition for integrated care. Um, and I have to say that EIP on AHA in particular was a network that brought us into contact with other regions that were also trying to do the same. So that's where, as Andrea was touching on earlier, that whole um, knowledge exchange facilitating that, learning from others, broadening your own thinking, um, learning from what's worked from them um, or for them rather, and taking that back and trying to adapt that learning into your own context has been incredibly valuable for us. I really couldn't say, uh, describe how valuable it's been. Um, and I think the way, the one thing that we've learned from these collaborations and various networks and projects is that um, you, you really must keep an open mind and you must always sense check what you're planning to do and try and make sure that actually you're going in the right direction. And the best way to do that is to look outside of your own little domain and try and learn from others. Um, and these networks and projects give you that, as I say, that route see access to partners to ask them. Uh, and I think, Sandra, you touched on trust earlier. And I think one thing um, that is born out of being an active participant in these networks and the same in funded projects, actually actively contributing to them. The one thing that comes out of that is trust that actually you're you're a trustworthy partner. You're some, you know, you're a region that actually people or other regions are happy to go to to ask for advice because they trust that you'll be honest and they trust that you will do, you know, you'll you'll give them advice in their best interest. So and that takes a while to build up. Um, and it's easy to lose as well. It's like uh, our personal lives. It's easy to lose. So you, you need to you need to. Uh, be consistent in that, I think. Anyway, I'll now hand over to Andrea, who will tell you why we're participating in Excel, which is this, the second part of your question. Yeah, it was a really long-winded. <laughs> yeah, well, that was a long-winded answer from me as well, yeah. sorry. No, but I, maybe just really briefly before Andrea, because I really do think, as you said, you know, these, these trusted relationships that we've been able to build uh, with you as well, you know, over the years, or, you know, to go back to these uncertain times right now or more complex times with the COVID situation i think it's really important to have these maybe these more stronghold relationships with uh, with partners that you can trust yeah or that you know you you have an established relationship you know that you can work well with them you know that they'll you know they'll be there for you and they'll answer when you write an email or you you know you need something from them so it seems really important to have these also these types of relationships you know of course to look to others as well to to have more of an inspiration and an open mind and also see how they're having the same problems we're having and that's refreshing <laughs> but uh but also i think uh these these it's it, 
yeah, just maybe that reiteration also would, you know, it's a long term um, commitment or a long term, uh, you know, uh, path or, you know, track that you need to get on uh, with with these types of um, activities. But anyway, sorry, Andrea. Yeah. Um, no worries. So, I mean, I was just going to add, as you know, I mentioned really for us, this access to learning, um, building the partnerships, partnerships has always been the foundation and inspiration of our engagement activities, and particularly when it comes to digital healthcare innovation in integrated care, as you mentioned, Sandra. So uh, we see the ASL project as a facilitator of this of this learning when you know we bring together different organizations in Europe who work together, learn from each other, exchange good practices, but more importantly, in this context, they also help each other to influence the local policy and learn how we can actually improve that whole policy planning and decision making. So the project hopefully helps us, um, will help us to reflect on the progress Scotland has done in the area of demand-driven innovation, that we will be able to learn much more about our strengths and weaknesses and uh, really as a priority, take those weaknesses for, a future, for future planning and future improvement. And then personally, I think for our team, the, uh, the kind of like um, the driver to join the ASL project was also that link to other European funded project, Shiroko Exchange, which Scotland uh, coordinates, which is about capacity building for integrated care. So that's where we developed um, this online self-assessment tool for integrated care, which you already mentioned, Sandra. And um, as part of the collaboration with ASA, we were able to adapt this tool and we currently see its uh, use in all ASA regions and organizations. So I, I think it's a kind of like a um, really good example of how two projects come together and gain exchange the learning, um, don't duplicate the, the wheels, but really maximize the, uh, maximize the outcomes from, from the project. So it's really good to see um, that transferability of, you know, from one project to another. Yeah, and we really appreciate your help uh, in, in doing that because uh, Interact wouldn't have been the, the, the format of, of, of programming such a tool and, and setting that, the, the, the tool up. So uh, there's no, no budget, no room for this. So we are really uh, appreciate your help and support on that because that was really helpful for all uh, and each region uh, in, in, in finding, you know, uh, yeah, obviously the challenges uh, that, that are in, in our in our regions uh, and, and, and where we have to find solutions for. And, and I think another challenge is always, uh, I, I know a lot of our regions are struggling in involving, you know, the right stakeholders, persons, uh, actors uh, in, in, in those kind of trans-regional cooperation, but also, or collaboration, but also, you know, on, the, on a regional scale. And I know from my experience uh, that you are not very active on the European scale, but, but also, you know, uh, very active and very engaged and uh, uh, within all your regional context. So you, 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 you are obviously uh, pretty successful in finding the right people and organizations to participate in, 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 in the work. So uh, you are obviously pretty well prepared for open innovation processes. So I'm eager to learn what is, uh, what, what, is, uh, what are your learnings in, you know, uh, finding the right actors and, and, and what is in there, you know, to participate in, in such a regional stakeholder group or what is uh, an incentive for participating in, in such an interact project for, a, you know, 
kind of a regional stakeholder. Are you, do you have any experiences with that? So what works inviting those maybe newcomers <laughs> to something like, uh, like an Interact project? Um, I suppose, uh, touching on your point, Daniel, about, um, you know, that we work quite a lot with within the region. Um, I think one of the things that we learned quite early on in our um, foray into, into, you know, European projects was that um, in order for them to work, they need to, it seems very obvious, but they need to involve the right people (laughs) from your region, because um, if you, if you don't get that part right, these projects have no traction then at the end of the project. They disappear and they go onto a shelf and there's no lasting, first, you know, obvious impact. So so we learned very quickly that you have to reach the right people. Um, and and I think that that, that does, uh, that can be a challenge um, depending on, you know, what organisation you are working for. We're, we're fairly lucky, I think, in the sense that Scotland, um, you know, is, is a, a relatively small region in terms of our population. The Scottish Government and our directorate, our Digital Health and Care Directorate, um, have very good connections with our health and social care public sector providers, but also all of our voluntary sector providers um, who... Um, uh, and indeed the, the 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 private sector as well. So we we have very good connections, I think, um, and see them as partners in the delivery of care, um, and and very much um, we are able through those networks that we have in the region to reach the right partners. Um, I think we also try and make sure that um, these projects have got a broad cross-sectoral representation and they always have the citizen voice in there because if you're trying to deliver health and care in this current climate, the citizen um, and their their families, their carers must be at the centre of that process. So that's where we come into this whole landscape of, of user-driven um design around services and co-production um, and and we we've got very strong policies and approaches on that in Scotland um, so I think I think that would be the main thing that I would say we've we've had to work quite hard to make sure that we engage with the right people uh, you do have to do a bit of a selling um, a sales pitch because these projects are hard work <laughs> um, to implement particularly if uh, you know, services are trying to still deliver health and care services on a daily basis and operational sense. Um, so implementation projects can be very challenging because you're asking, um, you know, clinicians, professionals, social care professionals, whoever they may be, to do their day job and then also participate in the delivery of a, a funded project. Uh, and that can often be um, a lot of work for them. Um, so you have to do a bit of a sales pitch. But I would say we found it potentially a lot easier to sell the concept of knowledge exchange um, uh, projects, much more the interregional uh, collaboration ones, because they get an opportunity to get insight into other regions and what they're doing, and that then informs their practice. So we have found it easier, I think, potentially to, to sell the fact that this is worth their time um, and their, you know, their effort being involved so that's to touch on that one but andrea maybe pick up on the point about you know the 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 um how we think this project will help us kind of advance our open innovation 
um, in Scotland. Yeah, I think maybe just kind of like um, picking up on that kind of like engagement with stakeholder. I mean, as Donna said, like we've been quite successful, but actually what was interesting when we've done the maturity assessment, uh, you know, using this adapted demand-driven innovation tool, uh, one of the key challenges that we're identifying in this process was actually lack of governance, lack of engagement or communication among these stakeholders. So it was pointed out that we have, you know, too many stakeholders, but they don't know, you know, what each other is doing. So too many initiatives. So at the end, it doesn't really look like the activities of all of these stakeholders are really joined up. So we don't potentially see the impact that was, uh, you know, envisaged. So we are hoping that through the ASL project and particularly through that uh, regional stakeholder group, we will be able to, uh, you know, systematically bring all these different stakeholders together to make them actually learn from each other, but more importantly, also to be able to reflect on the outcomes of the ASL project and how they can be potentially embedded in the local setting. So this, the participation in these kind of projects help us hopefully to build some sort of like platform for these stakeholders, how we can improve the communication and awareness raising so that we can, you know, at the end, end up with a much more joined up landscape for innovation. And hopefully this in the end will also give us a much stronger voice how to influence local policy, which is the ultimate objective of the ASL project. Yeah, perfect. I mean, I was really quite excited um, when I think Donna was, when you said it seemed like a really good timing for you to, for the project at least, um, to come to the uh, onto the landscape of, of Scotland, I guess, or your your ecosystem anyway. Um, and and it was a timely uh, issue in a way. So I think it's it's really good to be able to hopefully enhance that dialogue um, also across borders because also for us, I think it's really, really important to to hold these discussions of of collaboration, you know, collaboration um, not only amongst each other, but you know the cross-sectoral and and cross-border, cross-regional collaboration. So I think um, we're we're heading in the right direction anyway. It seems. Yeah, I mean certainly the timing for us really. I mentioned it earlier that timing is is pretty important, and for us in Scotland, it's it's absolutely perfect for this project, in that we are currently reviewing and refreshing our national digital health and care strategy and also our innovation strategy for Scotland. So it could not have come at a better time, to be honest. Um, and we have already fed in the outcomes of our um, you know, regional consensus um, report. Um, we've fed that into the strategic group that's leading on the refresh of the strategy uh, on innovation. So, um, you know, they're aware of, of that stakeholder, that snapshot of stakeholder opinion, um, and will definitely be taking it into consideration as they progress. So the next phase of twinning will be coming at a good time. I should say. <laughs> no, it, 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 but I'm also, I can imagine that, you know, the, you know, those stakeholders that you're feeding this information to are, you know, at, at the governmental level, uh, dealing with the uh, the strategy are probably also very thankful for the feedback or you know some kind of uh, information on the current state from the different perspectives of the stakeholders so um, I think yeah it's kind of a win-win situation I don't think there were any surprises in there for them but it certainly highlighted in a concise form some of the issues that we've all been aware of for some time um, but it was also nice, I think, to balance out with the areas where people, you know, our our stakeholders think that actually we're not doing 
too bad. So, I mean, I think you've always got to balance out these things with uh, those areas that you're actually doing all right in and then those that you need to pull up your socks and do a bit more work. Well, and that's why I think it's, you know, it's the beauty of you guys' tool, of the uh, Shiroko Exchange tool, that you know, really have more of a comprehensive view of a certain topic uh, and you're able, it's much more concerted, it's much more orchestrated and directed dialogue that is so helpful, I think, just to focus on, you know, relevant issues. And as you said, just trying to gauge where you are and set according priorities. So, so also I think we're very lucky in the Excel project to have you guys on board uh, also with this experience and in this wealth of um, experience that you have brought with this tool um, to inform and, you know, further guide um, our activities. So, yeah, thanks for that. Well, we're, we're delighted to be here. <laughs> <laughs> we're delighted to be on board. We're happy to be here and we're going to, yeah, we're excited actually for the next stage, the twinning part. That's always the bit where we start to uncover little gems that are going to be good for us. So, um, yeah, that's that's what we're looking forward to next. Yeah, and I think it'd be quite interesting actually as well for you guys to engage in this, you know, trio a situation with uh, Flanders and um, Timisoara, because uh, I think they'll also be really interesting approaches, perspectives um, that'll really be able to yeah inspire and inform and. Uh, so I'm looking forward to you guys' feedback and experiences uh, with respect to that. Yeah, Super. Thank you so much. Uh, was great. <laughs> Thanks to you all. Thank you so Speak much. Soon. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Yeah. Take Thank care. You. Thank you to Donna and Andrea for joining us for today's episode. And thank you, our listeners, for joining us. Check the show notes and see where you can find more information about NHS Scotland and the technology-enabled care and digital healthcare innovation with the Scottish Government, Interreg Europe, and the Excel Project. Excelcast is created by myself, Sandra Evans, as well as Daniel Boer, Christine Hopkins, and Markus Tremer.